Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. I get the privilege and honor of being a part of our music team, and I can confidently say it's just our heart to lead you in worship. It's our heart to point to Jesus, that we would lean in, that we would give him the praise because nobody else deserves the praise but him. I need a moment to catch my breath because if you ask me to shout, I will shout. And if you ask me to dance, I will dance. (laughs) Oh, I've just found life's better when I rejoice in the Lord. (laughs) Life's better when I choose to set my mind on him and I don't let anything get in my way of singing his praise, of shouting his goodness because my circumstances doesn't change how good my God is. My thoughts, the things I struggle with, what people may come against me and say, the hardships, the hard times, they don't change who God is. They don't change what he's given you in Christ Jesus. And the church needs to wake up to this (laughs) in 2023 because we've got incredible things ahead of us, especially in this beautiful nation of Canada. This is a Canada that will praise God. This is a nation that will turn back to him and that will sing his praises. And I wanna encourage you. Let me have a sip of water and then I'll encourage you. (laughs) I'll give it back because I know they want my glass. Okay. You know, Sundays sometimes we put a lot of excellence into what we do here. You know, when you read the Bible, you see that God is a God of excellence. You know, you don't just do something half-heartedly, but you do it with all that you are. And here at Springs, it's always been the heartbeat of our uh, founding pastors and of, of all that we pour into this. And so sometimes it's easy to come to a church like this and just take it in, just receive, just enjoy. But may I encourage you to not be that passive <laughs> Christian because the life with Jesus is an exciting one. It's, it's an active one. It's a giving just as much as, is, as it is a receiving. So yes, it's beautiful. It blesses my heart that when you come here on a Sunday, that you receive strength, that you receive um, just that boost that you need to get through the week. But I'd like to challenge us all and believe for a lot more. You know, God doesn't want you to come on a Sunday just okay, give me something so I can just get through the week. So I can just, you know, get through all the things that just don't seem to be changing for me. No, something changes when you come to church and you decide I'm gonna give God my all today because he gave his all for me. And something radically changed in my life when I received that revelation. And you'll see me on the front row or wherever I'm sitting and my hands are in the air and I'm singing as loud as I can sing because I don't wanna be quiet, because my God is alive, because he lives in me. And I've received this revelation that it's not just about what he's given me, but it's about what I give him, which is me, (laughs) which is my heart, my mind, my soul, my emotions. And the more I surrender me to God, the more I learn who God really is, the more I allow him to work in my life. So it's this receiving and giving. 
And so may I challenge you with each coming Sunday, sing a little louder. <laughs> Raise those hands if you've never done it before. It's simply an act of surrender. It's simply just saying, God, I'm not thinking about me anymore. I'm not thinking about the things that are trying to distract me. I just want to set my eyes on you. I just want to set my heart on all that you have. And I don't want to be the reason. I don't want to get in my own way, basically. I don't want to get in my own way. I want to allow you to do what you, only you can do. In Romans 6.13, it says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now in Jesus, you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We have a choice. How much are we going to give God in return for all that he's given us? And his word always leads and guides us into all truth. His word is for you and not against you. His word will bring light and freedom to every situation in your life that you dare to bring the word into. And so if God says, give yourself completely to me, there's a good reason for it. There's joy, there's freedom, there's purpose, there's love in it. And I shouldn't delay I should do it right now. I should make sure that I'm getting out of my way and that I'm giving myself to him. But this is the complication. This is the thing that gets in our way as people. It's us. It's us. You know, a few weeks ago I was here and I was speaking about there is a way. Remember? There is a way that seems right to a man. It even appears straight. The path seems, this is the way I should go. But in the end, it leads to death. So when we read, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When we read, there is a way that's going to feel right to you. But in the end, it leads to death. What is God saying? Don't trust yourself. And I know this is going to be difficult for some of you to swallow today. <laughs> But man, have I learned this, and I know some of you have learned it too in different seasons of life, in different situations. You thought you had it under control. You thought, I got this, I can figure it out, I can learn, I can grow. And you put all the emphasis on you, on what you can do, on what you think is the right way, where God says, no, 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 Eden, the way that you think is right, the way that even seems like, yeah, it's straight, this looks great, is the wrong way. You are not capable of leading yourself to life. You are not capable of making choices all on your own that will get you to your heart's deepest desires, to the freedom, the purpose, the joy, the laughter, the fun, the breakthrough, to change who you are. You can't do it, Eden. You can't do it. You can't trust yourself, only God. And it's when Christians come to the end of themselves that they really understand who God is. When you get to the end of yourself and you realize there is no pressure on me to figure this out. God's not looking to me to get my act together. It's not about my works or what I bring to the table. In fact, it's not about me. It's not about you. And that is very hard to swallow because in our world, what do they do? In the world we live in, they encourage you to accept your feelings, to own your feelings, 
that your truth is the truth, that whatever you feel like today is the truth of who you are, and this is what you can do. The world tries to make you an idol in your own mind, in your own heart, without even you really realizing it. I'm not saying we're all walking around like high and mighty and look at me, because sometimes it comes in in the sneakiest forms. What do we do all day? We think about our needs. We think about our feelings. We think about what our spouse said to us last night and what we should say. And man, that person looked weird at me at church. Did I do something wrong? And like we, we constantly are having this inner dialogue if we're not careful. And it's all about me, 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 me. It's selfish. It's pride. It's the number one thing that will get in your way of receiving all that God has for you, you which is very exciting news because you are the only one who controls you. You can change. You can bring awareness. You can get knowledge. You can get understanding in a situation. The Bible calls it revelation. God can give you revelation about who he is, about who he's made you to be, and you can go, oh my goodness, the way I thought was right is not right, and I need to turn around, which the Bible calls repent, I need to say, oh man, this is not the way I want to go in my marriage. This is not, this, man, my parenting on my own sucks. I am not world's best mom, but I'm an amazing mom with God. And I need to go the way he's got for me. And when we wake up, the Bible says that pride comes before a fall. Pride is trusting in your ability, trusting in what you think is right, living life on your own, trying to figure it out. And also it says that with pride comes contention, Proverbs says. Contention, if you look it up, a synonym is strife. And later in the New Testament, it says that where there is strife, there is every evil work. So the more that we live in our own strength, the more that we think about my own understanding and how I should do this, and I've got to work to, to, to qualify for what God's got, and I've got to figure this out in my own energy, it's pride. Even those who, who, who belittle themselves and always put themselves down suffer with pride. Because what are they doing? They're thinking all about how lowly they are. Me, me, I, I. And there is a remedy for this. This is something that touches every human. So I'm not pointing fingers here today because I have struggled with pride. I have struggled with trusting in my own ability, trusting in my own strength, in what I think is right. And God says there's a better way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because... If you're like me, you've reached the end of yourself in certain areas of life, in certain experiences. You have said things that you were like, wow, that was stupid, Eden. Why, why did you say that? Or you tried something in your own efforts. You said yes to something that you knew you didn't have peace about, but you did it because you wanted to impress your neighbor or you worried about what you looked like and all the other girls in school. And it's all about me, 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 me. And it steals, kills, and destroys from you when all you do is let yourself think about you. And you know what? It's exciting to find out I can think about something else. Don't you just get sick of yourself after a while? Just a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's a good sign because we weren't meant to live so self-absorbed, so uh, attending to everything we need because the Bible says God cares for you. Let him take care of your needs. But what do we do? We get caught up in this thinking that, well, I'll take care of it. I, I, you know, I can do, I can do it. God says, I can do it, but we miss the, 
I can do all things through Christ. It's not through my effort. It's not through my thinking that I can be something great. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. It's not about you. It's not about me. What do I mean? Galatians 2.20. It says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. When you come to Christ, the old you, the, the stuff that just, ah, oh, I, I can't figure this out. I can't. There's got to be more to life when you get that revelation of Jesus and you, you call out to God and you bring him into your life. The old you says, it's gone. There's a new you. The Bible talks about the born-again experience. It says that you become a new creation. That God's spirit literally comes and lives in your spirit. And there's nothing you can do to change it. Your sin doesn't change it. Your stinking thinking, your old habits, nothing changes it. The, the New Testament says that your spirit is sealed by Holy Spirit. It's perfect. It lacks nothing because it's God's spirit in you. It has nothing to do with you. It's God's spirit in your spirit. And now you have a new life. You're called to this new life, but get this. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. It's not my life. I know this can sound confusing, but hang in there with me. For the anointed one lives his life through me. It's not about me. It's about this life being his. And now Jesus lives his life, which is perfect, which is blameless, which loves me beyond all belief and compare, which is exceedingly abundantly all I could imagine or think. He wants to live in me. He wants to live through me. But my pride gets in the way. If I, all I do is think about what I can do and how I should figure this out and how many times should I pray today and how many minutes should I read the Bible and we get all cut up and me, 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 I, 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 I. When he says, no, Eden, this isn't your life anymore. This is the good news. You have a new life in me. And it says we live in union as one. And when, when you are struggling in an area of life as a believer, when you are trying to understand something, I can guarantee you, you're not in union with Jesus. You are trying to make decisions all on your own. You're trying to understand it through your flesh, through your mind. You're trying to grasp at it in your carnal self, your physical body. And the Bible says we worship God in spirit, not in our physical body. We worship God through our spirit. And so you aren't going to reach God through your physical mind and through your physical body, but it's through your spirit and you need to be in union with Jesus. And what does that look like? That's not you coming to God and going, all right, Lord, so um, this person uh, told me off yesterday and yeah, revenge, please. <laughs> please, Lord, let's get in union about what this revenge looks like. You know, that's not the life with Jesus because what, there's a way that seems right to you and it's going to lead to death. So don't trust your first instinct. Don't trust that offense that wants to rise up in you when someone says something because you're in union with Jesus now. And what does union look like? It's you going to the word of God and going, all right, Lord, I want to be in union with you. <laughs> so what do you say when I want revenge? What do you say? Oh man, you say pray for my enemies. Wow. <laughs> you say bless and do not curse. Oh wow, Lord, there's no way I could do that without you. <laughs> right? 
the things he calls us to do in his word when we have an understanding of exactly what he's calling us to do and we understand how much we lack on our own, we go, yeah, wow, this wouldn't be possible all on my own strength. This wouldn't be possible in my own thinking, in my own energy. So thank God it's not my life. It's not my life anymore. I've given it to Jesus and I need to get my mind in union with Jesus. I need to find out what he says about marriage and it's not what I think about marriage. I want to get in agreement with what Jesus says about marriage. I want to get in agreement with what God says about life and health and my mouth and what I say and what I feel. My body is not in charge. My body is not what's going to lead and guide me. I have decided that in my life. It is not my life. It is Jesus in me, through me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus in you and through you. That is the Christian life. That is the victorious, life-giving, abundant, overflowing life is when you realize, quit thinking about yourself, Eden. It's not about you. Set your mind on him. What does he have for you? What does he say about your future? What does he say about how you treat people and what you let out your mouth? All right, Eden, not in, not in your strength. <laughs> this isn't up to you, Eden. This isn't in your ability. It's his ability in, in you. And when you begin to rely on him in the way that he says we can, he invites us to. He says, yeah, I know you're going to get it wrong. That's why I sent Jesus. That's why he was the perfect sacrifice. That's why what he accomplished, he accomplished on your behalf. But it's going to take you inviting him in and saying, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it, Lord. This life is not mine. I do not do a good job of living my life. Lord, I want your life in me and through me. And it says that my new life is empowered not by my feelings, not by me living the perfect life, not by me fixing everything I've ever done wrong. My new life is empowered by the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus, not even my faith, his faith in me. The faith of Jesus that led him to a cross because he believed he loved you so much that he didn't want you to be separated from God one second longer that he wanted to bring you back into union with God. And he knew not everyone would choose him. Not everyone would be able to, to kill their pride <laughs> and realize, I'm wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Who cares if I'm wrong? Why is our society so obsessed with being right all the time? Have you noticed that most of the issue in your marriage is pride? When I'm in a debate with my husband, I think I'm right. And I fight for my side and I fight for my way and my thinking of it. And it does lead to contention. It does lead to strife when I continue to stand on that pride. But when I go, Lord, no, no, no. Your word says that the two become one in you. I want that marriage. I want the marriage where the two of us are one. We are not separate. We are not prideful and just trying to get our way. And man, it takes leaning on Christ. It takes letting go of the reins and being like, all right, Lord, I know that I have to decide what I say. I know that I have to decide what I think. You can't control that, but teach me. And I'm ready to learn and I'm ready to change because it's through your grace, your power to change me. It's not through my efforts, my ability. I don't have to muster up the strength. The Bible says in our weakness, he is strong. 
So we have to get a real understanding of what this life in Jesus looks like, shake off the religiosity and all the crap teaching we've got from people and take it to the word and go, the last time I was taught this, was I taught it correctly? What does my Bible say? Because unfortunately, folks, there are pastors who don't preach the Bible. It's the world we live in. Not everybody holds themselves truly accountable to this word. And there's many reasons for that. I'm not pointing fingers. There's lots of things going on in our world. But only you can guard your heart. Only you can decide, I'm not letting anything get in the way of letting Jesus live in and through me because I know what it's like to live in my own strength and it doesn't work. It's a mirage. It's a distraction. Pride is such a distraction. If we were to actually think about how many times we thought about ourselves in a day, thought about what we needed and uh, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? And God's going, Jesus must just get tired knocking, hey? In Revelation where he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And you are just in the house frantically trying to figure things out on your own. And he's like banging on the door. I mean, he's a gentleman. I'm sure he's not banging. But, you know, he's graciously knocking and not stopping knocking because he loves you and he knows the answer you have need of. But man, you just got caught up in your own self. And you need to die to self, the Bible says. Crucify that flesh. The old you is gone. The new you is here. And this new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves you so much that he gave himself for you, dispensing his life into your life. He gave everything, so now you can give everything to him. He led the way. He, he was the example. He didn't hold back one iota from you. And what happens is we hold back. We, we second guess ourselves. We, we, I don't know. I don't know. We want to impress our neighbor. We want to, fit, we want to show the, the, the people at school that I'm world's best mom and I'm always going to have everything perfect. And, and, and it's this lie. It's this distraction pride. And we've got to just choose Jesus every time. Every time you catch yourself, I choose Jesus. This is not my life. This is his life. And he has plans for me. He has a purpose. He has a hope and a future that he has good things for me to do. And I can't figure them out in my own thinking, in my own ways, because my ways are wrong. And when we can die to self and not care about what other people think, but just decide, I want Jesus. I want all that he came to give me. That's when life changes. That's when you wake up <laughs> to the reality of the spirit realm and not that this physical realm, you know, we get so convinced that this is all there is. Our eyes, our ears, our feelings. God gave us five senses and I'm very grateful that he did. I thank him often for the beautiful colors of nature, for the, the sounds of music. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live without music and melody and all the things and how he's allowed us to enjoy life through our physical body. But don't be deceived. Don't live your life that way. Real life doesn't come from what you feel and what you sense and what you see and what you hear, but it is the life we live in. And so you have to keep truth in front of you to go, hey, what was here first? The spirit was here first. The spirit realm is what created the physical realm. It's the parent realm, the, phys the, the spiritual realm. But yet we 
almost worship the physical realm with our, you know, if we're hungry, oh, we go feed ourselves. If, we, if we're angry, if we're depressed, if we've got all these physical feelings, oh, we go find physical ways to take care of it. There's lots of options. There's lots of stuff out there that can entertain you, distract you, make you feel good. But it's not real life. It's not the life that Jesus came to give you. And if we get those in the wrong order, it can mess us up. It all comes back to how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a believer with the very spirit of God in you? The spirit that will never leave you, never forsake you, that is there to lead and guide you into all truth. Or as a believer, do you see God out there, separate from you? That I'm, I'm, here I am trying to figure out my life and God, please, please, would you just give me a sign? Would you just help me? And we, we approach him in this way where it's like, it's in my efforts and my thinking, I got to figure this out. And that's not the way he teaches us, that when you become a believer, the truth is his spirit is in you. That's why he can confidently say that he has given you all things for life and godliness because life is in you. It's in your spirit, but your spirit is not your body. And we want to feel everything. We want to sense it and smell it and taste it. And we want all that physicalness. Whereas God's spirit, it's our job to get it into our mind and into our body, which is why the word says, don't let yourself be conformed to this world. Don't look at the world's way of doing and mold yourself into it. But that's what we see a lot of people doing, right? The temptation is real. The indoctrination is real. We can find ourselves on this hamster wheel trying to keep up with what the world says is how to live the best life and how to have the best marriage and how to save money and how to, how to, how to, how to, how to. And we conform ourselves. We mold, we get molded into the shape of the world where God says, don't do that, <laughs> but let yourself be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So even though your spirit is whole and complete and nothing can touch it, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's always yours. He's always there. Your mind can become an enemy to you if you don't understand the power you have in your mind, the responsibility you have that you can think what you want to think that you can take control of what you believe and what you receive. And so when you get to this place of, all right, Lord, not my life, it's your life. What's next? It's choosing to keep finding out what it means to be in union with him. What does he say about finances? What does he, oh, you say to give. Wow. Well, I thought I'd save, but uh, okay. Wow, I don't think I can do that in my own strength. Everything he calls you to do kind of points to the fact that you weren't meant to do it on your own. And the exciting thing is, is you're not called to do it on your own. He's in you. You have everything you need. But when you get caught up in you, Eden, it's not about you. And that set me free because I went, Lord, wow, I get it. I don't got to be perfect. I don't got to figure this out. I just have to trust. I just have to learn and grow and out of everything in life that this is what I'm setting my mind on. This is what I'm teaching my mind and my body. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is who gave us life. I haven't found anybody else who's offering us anything close. So I'm not going to be deceived by what the world tells me is the way to live. John 15, 5 says, Jesus said, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. He is the sprouting vine. <laughs> you're the branches. 
Yes, you get to be a branch. You get to be part of the life of God. You are not the vine. You are not the one that needs to figure it out and make it happen and pull it all together and thank God for that. And yes, you are a branch. You're not some piece of wood chucked to the side. Jesus loves you and he wants to be your source and he wants you to be connected to him. And when you are, it says, as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. Interesting. That fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, it's not outside of you. It's not somewhere far away where you got to beg, plead, figure out how to live your life perfectly to walk in love, joy, peace. No, you got to get in union with Jesus. You got to get your mind on what He says you should think about. You got to capture those thoughts like the Word says and goes, nope, nope, we're not being irritable today. I choose Jesus. <laughs> nope. We're not yelling, we're not yelling today. Take a breath, Eden. I choose Jesus. This is not your life, Eden. Choose Jesus. And you teach yourself and you let that word wash over you. And it washes out the filth. It washes out everything you are ashamed you ever said. It washes out the things that you felt like, oh, I'm such a failure. Yeah, you are. I am a failure without Jesus. I am nothing without Jesus but I am everything with him. I'm not trying to put you down today, but I'm trying to help us realize that what we think we have, what we think we can do, we have to come to the understanding that I can't do anything without Jesus. And it's actually right in the Bible. He says, go ahead, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It says, fruitfulness will stream from within you. So when you invite God in, his spirit comes inside of you. Now begins the journey of renewing your mind in his word, taking responsibility for those thoughts and knowing I can do it through Christ because it's not in my own ability. It's him working in me and he says that he will lead and guide me. So am I listening or am I getting caught up in myself? Am I trying to figure out on my own or is my first response to go, Lord, Okay, I want to get angry, but what, what would you do in this situation? What does your word say? It's taking, it's, it probably is going to require slowing down a bit because what's been your first response so far, right? And if you don't like that first response, when you take responsibility for it and you go, okay, it's not in my strength, it's in his strength. It's not in my ability, it's in his ability in me. Thank you, Jesus. And when those times rise up in you, fear, worry, stress, anxiety, all the things that are the work of the enemy, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. What do you have inside of you? Perfect love. Perfect love. God is love. You have that love inside of you. But in your own efforts, you choose fear. I choose fear. I've done it. And you forget because you're not living in union. <laughs> he's there. He's ready to be in union with you, but he can't control your mind. He's a gentleman. All he can do is just say, Eden, I'm ready to teach. Will you be my student? Will you be my child that just sits there and goes, wow, wow, Father God, I can do that? Yes, with me, Eden, with me, you can do that. 
Not by yourself. You stay close to me. I love you. Let me show you my goodness. Let me show you my faithfulness. But we get caught up trying to figure it out in our own and we separate ourselves from that power in us. It says, and that's how he, he ends off. He says, when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And I know some of you feel that today. I know some of you go, man, I just feel like I can't get anywhere. I feel like every time I try something, I hit a ceiling. And every time I try to make it work with my spouse, I come back frustrated. And we've felt that in different areas of our life. I'm powerless on my own. And it's okay. It's okay to come to that realization because from the very beginning, God created us to be in union with him. Adam and Eve walked and talked in the garden with him and his desire was that we would never be separated. But love had to give us free will. Love had to give us the ability to choose if that's what we wanted. And Adam and Eve made their own choice, but God didn't leave us there. He sent Jesus. And now the good news for us today is, I don't have to live powerless. I don't have to live in this crummy feeling of feeling like a failure and not knowing how to do this because Jesus loves me. And when I accept him, that love can saturate my whole body, mind. I can put spirit in charge. I can put that real me, my spirit. My body doesn't come to heaven with me. So why am I allowing it to boss me around? It's not coming with me. Body, you're gonna be in the ground someday, sucker. Right? So I'm not letting you tell me how to live and how to feel and what sickness I gotta deal with with my life. I've got the power raising from the dead power living inside of me, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can quicken my mortal body if I let him live through me. And I realize that it's his power, it's his faith inside of me. And, and as I get the word, it builds my faith because faith comes from the word, hearing the word. I can plant those seeds in my heart and I can reap fruit fruit that streams out from within me. It's not something outside of me that I have to live up to and get a whole bunch of stars on a chart and figure out how to convince God to love me. No, he, he's loved you since the beginning of time. That's done deal, period. So we've got to wake up to the fact that I am not God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am not God, but I sure have been living like it sometimes. I sure have been esteeming myself and all these self-affirmations, hey? the world and their self-affirmations. May I, may I challenge you that it's really Christ affirmations. You wanna live the life that God has for you, you find out who I am in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That with all, in all things, that nothing is impossible with God. It's not with Eden. <laughs> it's not that I can do impossible things, it's that God can do impossible things through me. It's his power, it's his strength, it's his goodness. And yes, I can do incredible things with him, but I gotta get things straight here. It's not me, it's him. It's not about me, it's about him and how much he loves me and how good he is and how faithful he is. My goodness can't even measure to it. My faithfulness can't even measure to it. I shouldn't even try, I give up. I'm not even, I'm not running that race, no thank you. <laughs> I'm just submitting it to God. I'm submitting myself to God. Some of you are so afraid of the enemy and so afraid of all the things around you and yet you're resisting the devil. But what's the first part of that verse? 
Submit yourself to God. Give yourself completely to him. He's knocking on that door going, I got the answer. I, I know how to teach you to, to experience that joy that is within you, to experience that peace that passes understanding. And I want to lead and guide you in all things. Really, really quick as we close, Romans 8, 6. I encourage you to read it this week. It says, um, now the mind, nope, different one I want to read. Romans 8, 5, and 6 in the New King James Version. For those who living, who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Amplified says, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that um, guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, right? It's when we set our mind on Jesus. And so I want to give you a bit of a tool this week to use. <laughs> if you want this revelation, it, you just ask God right now. You can say with me, God, I want a revelation of Christ in me. I want a revelation of Christ in me. And when you go through those times in the day where you'd normally feel overwhelmed, where you'd normally say something you regret, you go, no, 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 it's not my life. I choose Jesus. And you talk back to those crazy things that want to tell you that you have to obey them and you have to live with fear and sickness and depression. And Christians are way too accepting of all that. I want to say a word, but I can't. All that stuff. <laughs> You're way too accepting. I'm way too accepting of it when I do it in my own strength. But when I let God reveal to me who I am in Christ, I go, get out of here, fear. Perfect love lives inside of me and I will not be entertained by your garbage. I choose Jesus. Simple phrase. You could use it this week. Anytime. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. And then say, Jesus, teach me. Teach me. But then you better be ready to change. You better be ready to say sorry to your spouse or to come back to your kids and go, I'm sorry. Mommy shouldn't have said that. Mommy wants to let God's love permeate our home. Mommy wants to let God teach us the good things. Because mommy, mommy doesn't know what good is. God knows what good is. You know, you, you, when you humble your life and you say it's not mine, it is the most. That's why the Bible says that there's freedom because it's his freedom, it's who he is. But when you try to get all caught up in yourself, you're like that, I don't know, all of a sudden I see Tom and Jerry and like, I don't know, a bunch of rubber bands wrapped around Tom. Like you get caught up, you get tangled. How many want to not be tangled anymore? Just let Jesus live through you and try that out this week. With your heart, I choose you, Jesus. I don't choose fear. I don't choose sickness. I don't choose anger and pride and strife. Eden, it's not about you. <laughs> you could try that one too this week. But God is so good. He's so faithful. And I believe that the church is being called to rise up, to be stronger than we've ever been before. And it's gonna take Christians who say, it's not about me. It's about Jesus in me. And then that's why the neighbors will look at me and go, Oh yeah, that couldn't have been you. What, what, did you, what, what happened here? <laughs> like I've seen how you've been living your life. Something's changed. That's why it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's not the goodness of you. It's not what you're trying to figure out. It's that you've given yourself completely to him and even your spouse, even your kids will go, 
well, you're a little different, mom. You're a little, what's going on, dad? I just, I, I don't recognize you. Like, because you're being transformed by the word of God. You're setting your mind on the spirit. You're choosing Jesus. And it's in him that we live and move and have our being, Acts says. You wanna live? It's in him. You wanna move? It's in him. You wanna, you wanna have all that you could ever dream possible? Give it to him. Come to him boldly and watch what he does. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just give you all the glory and the praise. Man, we started this service just setting our hearts on you, setting our intention on you, thanking you for who you are, praising you because you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're constant. The flesh is a yo-yo. The spirit, the spirit is a strong foundation, a firm foundation, Lord. And God, today I just speak into every heart and every person here that they'd get a fresh revelation of your life in them, of what that new life in Christ is, what it means, who you are, that it's not about us trying to figure it out, but it's us giving ourselves to you and realizing just how much you love us, just how much it's your spirit that equips us. It's your spirit that allows us to live and move. And I just thank you for an incredible revelation across our church that we could live this way and impact those around us with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here and, and you wanna start that new life with God and you wanna, the old you, you're like, yeah, I get it, Eden, I'm powerless. I've, I've seen the failures. I don't want that anymore. I want God's way of doing things. I wanna choose his ways. Well, I'd love to pray that prayer with you. We all would. It's a prayer many of us have prayed and uh, with no one looking around except me. Would you just raise your hand? I'd love to know who I'm praying with today. As you just say, God, I choose Jesus. I want you in my future. I want you in my life. I don't want to go a day without you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me and you sent your son. I believe he died for me. The old me is gone. And I am new in Christ Jesus. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. Can we congratulate those who prayed that prayer?